0: I love kids. Um, You know, they uh, deliver you from selfishness. (laughs) Like Brother Higgins said one time, he said, You know, um, sometimes the time has come for things to change. And uh, he said, If you don't believe that times change and it comes time for things to change sometimes, he said, Get married you realize, like, things change. And he said, then, on top of that, have some children. (laughs) And then they really change. (laughs) And uh, we love our kids. Children are a blessing from the Lord. A lot of times the world wants to say, like, you shouldn't have any kids. It's not practical. There's not money. There's not finances. Well, um, I choose to believe the Word of God. And the Word of God says that children are a blessing from the Lord. And um, an interesting thing about trusting God or about living by faith Is when you act like the Bible's true, you get Bible results. And so, if you act like it's a hassle to have children, or it's a pain in the rear end to have a child, or you know it's an inconvenience, you're probably going to feel that way. Mm -hmm. But if you actually, uh, you know, kids are so cute too, you you know just their cuteness will get you, but they're not always cute, right? So you have to like look at the Word and see like children are a blessing from the Lord, and blessed is the man whose quiver is full. And um, I love having children, and uh, the more you come in line with the Word and you have that perspective, you just see like what a blessing children are, what an inheritance, what a heritage they are. And you can have both uh, natural children and spiritual children. You know, and people that you are sowing into, that you're speaking the word of God into their lives. You know, the Lord wants to use you and he wants to use me. Uh, of course, maybe you would think me because I'm up speaking. But the Lord wants to use every believer to speak into the lives of other believers. Because there's things that you have that I may need to hear or that somebody else may need to hear. And there's things that I have that you may need to hear or someone else may need to hear. So the beauty of Christ dying on the cross and redeeming all of mankind was that so that each one of us would become an ambassador of the good news of Jesus Christ, that each one of us would come to represent God here in the earth because Jesus himself, when he was uh, up in heaven, then he came down, God sent him in the form of a baby, took on flesh, human flesh, perfect sinless flesh. He came and his whole life, was to show us what God is like because God was trying to talk to the children of Israel you know, on Mount Sinai and you know, had like such a booming voice and they're saying, please, like, you're scaring us, you're scaring us, don't talk to us. And so God sent Jesus Christ in the form of a sweet child, a little baby, to usher in a new era, to usher in a change, to usher in uh, peace on earth, goodwill to men. Like, I'm not up here, off, all by myself, trying to be scary, trying to hurt you, trying to scare you. I'm actually trying to get to you. I don't like the fact that Adam and Eve in the beginning, like, sinned and separated themselves, therefore all of mankind from me, God's saying. I want to be with you. I want to be close to you. That was my original intent. I mean, he used to just walk with Adam and Eve in the garden. He just wants fellowship with you he wants a close relationship with you he wants a close relationship with me and um you know his greatest desire is for each and every person to come into the kingdom of god and thereby come into the family of god and come into the presence of god to be with him and uh You know, there's that heart hunger within every human being. That's been placed within us, whether we realize it or not, whether people are cursing God right now or not, there is a heart hunger because they've been separated from what they really should be. The Bible even tells us that all of creation groans, even to this day, with groans because they're waiting for this redemption. The redemption of the earth is even going to come. They're waiting for this redemption. So all of mankind and even all of creation yearns to be redeemed, to be bought back, to be put back to the rightful place, to where they should be, to where we should be. So, um, you know, it's a great privilege that we have to be ambassadors for christ and ambassadors for god that we get to tell people god's not mad at you second corinthians five seventeen, or second corinthians chapter 5 you go on from there says that we are to tell the world god's not mad at you he's not upset at you he's actually paid the price through the life blood of his son for you to be in perfect fellowship with him perfect in his family like that you can come to god and you cannot even hesitate that you come, you know, in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. And so the Lord wants each of us to rush into his presence full of joy. Yeah. But what, what our mental thinking and what the devil for sure wants us to do is cower in or even think, I'm not worthy to go into the... I'm not, I shouldn't even think about God. I can't, I, I can't pray to God. How many times have you heard somebody say, I can't pray. I'm not good enough to pray. Or I can't go to church. I'm not good enough to go to church, well, that's the lie of the devil trying to hold people captive. Remember, the Bible says that the devil has blinded those that would receive, because if they saw, surely they would come. So he's blinded them, and um, you know his thinking, his world system that's uh, that's in the world uh, that is around us, even tries to encroach upon us. So that thinking will tell you, will tell me, well, you know. Uh, you messed up, so you you know you sh- you shouldn't even come to God. Don't don't even pray. Or uh, you know the other side, maybe you didn't like make a mistake by something bad that you did that you shouldn't have done. But maybe you didn't do something that you feel like you should have. And you know I grew up in a, one denominational church and was actually licensed and ordained in another denominational church before uh, being filled with the Spirit and you know licensed and ordained through Spirit filled organization. But um, in that one particular denomination, I mean, I have a friend to this day, and uh, I have lots of friends there, but anyhow, this particular friend, he, his thinking is, I must have some unconfessed sin, and it keeps me from getting close to God. It, like, holds me back. And so as long as his thinking is that way, what's going to happen? As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if I think... You know, I can't pray right now. Well, you should define prayer, right? (laughs) Because you can say a lot of things, and um, uh, people have different definitions. But one way to define prayer is getting into the presence of God and talking to God. So I could say, I can't pray right now. Well, this person might feel like that, but they're going to pray. They're going to talk to the Lord, but not really enter into his presence, so there's a difference between just talking and coming into someone's presence. So I can just talk. And, uh, you know, in, uh, nowadays you could, like, Skype someone that's in the military that's far away, stationed away. But my grandfather, when he was in the military, he was stationed away from my grandmother. So he would, like, record uh, cassette recordings or reel-to-reel probably at that time. So he recorded these and sent them to my grandmother so that you could, you know, hear the voice because, you know, I don't know. In that day, it was pretty expensive uh, to talk on the telephone when you're overseas and, and those type of things. And um, even when I was in the military, uh, I don't want to date myself, but it was expensive to call overseas. <laughs> now you've got like these. You can call anywhere in the United States on your cell phone. It doesn't cost you any money, anything like that. And um, it's a, that's a, a nice blessing. But um, there's a difference between sending a recording to someone or Skyping with someone, Skype is great because you can, like, video, you can see them move, and it's even better. But when you get with someone, you're in their presence. It's kind of like, uh, you know, you could say, like, well, my wife and I had the privilege of being on staff at Kenneth Hagen Ministries and traveling with Kenneth Hagen before he went to heaven. So a lot of people, like my brother, I love him, but he... Um, I tried to get him, he was in North Dakota, and I tried to say, like, why don't you come down to Tulsa, stay with us, and come to Winter Bible Seminar, which was a Bible seminar that Brother Hagan would have um, every February, and uh, I couldn't get him to come visit. Well, then, after he passed away, uh, Brother Hagan passed away, and um, my brother ended up coming about two years later to go to school there, and he never got to actually meet Dad Hagan in person. And I was always like, oh, I wish you could have got to meet him and, you know, just to be with him. And, um, you know, he was a unique individual. And he was very amazing. And, um, uh, you know, just uh, being around him in his presence, it was very calming and very peaceful. You know, and he was just like, you know, he was just so full of love. You know, he's feisty, too. I mean, he would pinch you, and he would do all kind of stuff to you. But there was a difference between my brother being able to watch videos of him and, like, being in his presence. You know, and, you know, you can, like, find a ton of Kenneth Hagin videos online. And you know what's cool is with the Lord, you can be in his presence in an instant, and, you know, just a little side note, like, there's still a tremendous anointing that you can pick up from listening to those teachers, watching those videos. I mean, that same presence. I remember there was a, one that they uh, did at Raymond, I was in the video department there, so they had done it before I got there. But um, the team kind of put it together, and it's called, it's from a Winter Bible Seminar in 1996, and it was called, When the Spirit Gets to Moving. <laughs> and man, the Holy Ghost fell, and... Uh, uh, I didn't intend to talk about all this this morning, but anyhow, in the, with those winter Bible seminars, you'd be there. Has, was anybody anybody else get to go there? Okay, so uh, that's about a 4,000-seat auditorium, and I can remember the Holy Spirit would fall, and it, He would come like a wave. And you would see, like, from the back, the balcony, you could actually, you know how people in a football stadium would do, like, the wave, you know, like that? Well, you could see, like, the Holy Ghost fall on people like that and sweep across the congregation. And you, got, you could know it was coming. All of a sudden, um, that wave of glory would really hit you. Well, this particular service was a, a tremendous service where there were a lot of physical manifestations. There doesn't always have to be like a lot of physical manifestations for the Holy Ghost to be falling, but in this one there was. And uh, so the Holy Ghost fallen, and they videoed it. So they, they took this video, and we still don't know to this day how it got up there, but this video got up into way northern Canada, Canada up to some Indian tribes, and they were watching this video. And Brother Hagin is ministering to people. And as he's ministering, he's like speaking in other tongues. And when they get this video, he's speaking their language. And they watch this, and they all fell out under the power of God. The video, they weren't there. It had to be made. It was a VHS tape, so no DVDs at that time, no like online media. So a VHS tape goes up to these tribes who knows how? I know how. The Spirit of God led this one and that one and that one and that one, just like what we're talking about, that you minister, you minister, you minister, I minister. So the Lord uses us all. So that video gets into their hands and blesses them. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, you know, that's just to say, like, you don't have to be in the presence of a great man of God like Brother Hagen. The Lord knows where you are, who you are, what you need, what I need. You know, we're very thankful for the the, uh, opportunity that we had to serve in his ministry and um, to learn and to flow with him and to be taught by him. But uh, don't ever let uh, someone else's experience stop you, right? Because kind of what we're talking about is the devil really wants to keep blinders even on the believers so that he's going to stop you and stop me from doing what we're called to do. Because If we're made in the likeness and image of God, and we're as much in the likeness and image of God that God has the ability to make us in, how much ability does God have? All powerful, all knowing, knows the beginning from the end. He actually is not in time, He's out of time, He's in eternity. So He has as much ability to make us like Him as He has to make us like Him. That is deep. So if we're made in the likeness and the image of God, and then Jesus said, you know, our scripture is in John chapter 16, John chapter 16, we'll probably look at the whole thing, let me just quote it for a second, Jesus said, it's expedient for you, or it's better for you that I go away. Well, the disciples are kind of like, you know, uh, let, me, let me read this, it's kind of funny, because uh, in chapter 16, these things have I spoken to you that you would not be offended. Okay, he spoke a lot of things that I'm not going to go into right now. <laughs> they shall, uh, and then he says, they'll put you out of the synagogue. Yes, the time's coming that whoever kills you will think that he does God a service. Think about that. Now, now. I don't know that Jesus is talking about this right here, but it's amazing in Scripture. You can get revelation upon revelation upon revelation. There's so much depth in the Scripture. But uh, thinks that he does does God a service. There are whole religions right now that want to kill Christians and think that they're doing God a service. So, you know, it's kind of like, let me say this to you. Pretend I'm Jesus and you're the disciples. And I said, now listen, there's going to come a time people are going to, Think, if they kill you, that they are, like, serving God to the utmost. Like, that's the top, right? So people are going to want to kill every one of you. And they're going to think, like, this is from God, and they're, you know, I'm serving God. And these things they'll do to you because they've not known the Father nor known me. You know, a total, total side thing, it's interesting. Um, uh, well, I'll get into that later. <laughs> these things I have told you uh, that when the time will come that you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said to you uh, at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go, uh, go my way to him that sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. So he's kind of like, you know, I said these things to you. I said I'm going to go away. And none of you are saying, like, where are you going? So he's saying, like, listen, people are going to want to kill you. They're going to do it in the name of God. They're going to think, like, it's God's will that I kill you. And I'm going to go away and come back. And he's like, why are none of you asking where I'm going? And he said, well, I can tell you why. Because you're kind of scared. You're sorrowful. You're like, what? People are going to, like, come to try to kill me and think they're doing God a service? And you're saying, like, I'm going away? Like, hold on, hold on a second, because remember this. The disciples, Jesus called them just like he called you, just like he called me from the middle of what you're doing. Like, maybe it's not a convenient time. Maybe you're like, got a big load of fish and you don't want to like give up those fish. And, and you know, uh, your parents are older and you feel like, well, the the Lord's calling you to go to this place or that place, this country, this city, that city, and you have to take care of your parents. But what did he say to the disciples when he called them? Like, you know, if if you don't leave father, mother, sister, brother for my namesake, you're not worthy of me. You know? In other words, if you're going to get hung up, on, I've got to wait for this to happen and that to happen. Well, my family this, my family that. uh, You're never going to make it. Like, you've got to leave and follow me. And um, so these disciples took a step of faith. And they said, okay, we're going to trust what you're saying. And, you know, Jesus says here that the reason that you know that I came from God is because all of these works that I do, because I'm doing all these works. So they left and they saw miracles after miracle, after miracle. And they didn't have to think about where's the food coming from? Where are we going to stay? What are we going to do? The whole time, they've got Jesus. And Jesus is right there. And Jesus is saying, okay, we're going to go here. We're going to go there. And then they have like, um, you know, have to pay a tax. They don't have money. They get money. They get everything that they need. And challenges that they think like, this is impossible, and, uh, you know, we were with a minister in New Mexico in probably 2004 uh, time frame, I think it was. And this guy is a friend of ours, not close friend, but he's a friend of ours. And um, he is very bold in his faith. So, uh, you know, like the power of God is present right here, right now. If you have a need in your body... He would say this, but I'm actually also saying it to you. You can receive from God immediately at this moment. And the power of God can either instantly heal you or you can begin to amend. And so he would minister a lot along those lines. And uh, this lady was in the congregation. And she had an oxygen tank, and she had it plugged in and had her the thing, whatever, goes up into your nose so she could breathe. And so he's like, you know, just get out and act on your faith. So she gets out of her seat, and she starts, you know, he's like, run around. So she starts kind of running like this with her little pack, and, you know, uh, she's running, and so Melody and I are there, and um, uh, helping him and, and uh, doing the book table and stuff, and uh, So we're watching her run around. Other people are acting too, but this woman is the most uh, obviously uh, under attack of the devil, right? She's got, you can see everything. And so she's going, well, she comes like to the second time. She's like, (laughs) and, you know, listen, I'll just be honest with you. I thought, is she going to fall over? What is going on? So she gets where we think, and I think you can feel like the whole congregation feels like this woman is just going to fall over. She's going to die right in front of us all. And so he says, he sees her and he said, come on, let's go. So he grabs her and runs even faster with her. Well, the power of God hits her and she's instantly healed. She takes the oxygen mask off and starts running. But the whole reason I told that story was we're all, I mean, we're all, all of us, the two of us, plus the congregation. We're looking at the minister like they're looking at Jesus Right? Lazarus is dead. So, like, why, why, don't, don't even ask, don't even ask him. She's dead, right? So, at the moment when we all feel like everything is lost and everything is done, many times that's right when the power of God shows up. And in Lazarus' case, everything was lost. Everything was done for like four days. Like, you know, he stinks. Like, Jesus, we have a lot of trust and faith in you, but seriously, no one has ever come back from the dead, especially when they stink. So, you know, you've done a lot of other miracles. We, we think you're awesome. You don't really have to do that. He stinks. He's like, I have to do this. I've been talking to God, and the Lord told me so I said, Lazarus, come forth. So Lazarus came forth. So I'm just trying to put you in the position of the disciples where they have seen time and time and time again, like everything without hope, even with Jesus. They're like, well, this is, this is too much. This is too much, right? And I mean, they're in the ship, and the ship's getting ready to sink because the waves keep coming in, and they're tossing and turning, and maybe your life is like that sometimes, Maybe my life is like that, where you feel like, man, if I get one more bill, it's going to sink the ship. Trust me, it's going to sink the ship. Like, Lord, it's going to sink the ship. you like, have faith in God. I said, Lord, I know you've got a lot of things going on. Maybe you don't have time to look at my checkbook. Because if you look at my checkbook or my bank account, sorry, I dated myself with a checkbook. If you look at my <laughs> bank account, you might notice uh, that there's a whole lot more going out than there is coming in. So, you know they, you know, you're thinking, our thinking, and like I said, the devil likes to just pile in on you. Wants you to uh, act like Peter after he turned away. Right? People want to criticize P- Peter, but you realize, like Peter got out of the boat. The rest of the disciples, the rest of the senior leadership in ministry stayed in the boat. But Peter got out of the boat, and he started to walk, and he started to walk on the water. So he's walking on the water, and what happens? He starts to look, and he starts to see, like, whoa, those are some big waves, and that wind, like, that water is like, spraying me in the face. It's really intense. And so he starts to see this, and he starts to take more notice of that than he does of Jesus. So, like, go back to... Uh, not our checkbook, but our bank account. And you start to take more notice like, well, this is going out and 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 only this is coming in. So like we were saying in the time of giving earlier, you want to find scriptures that you can stand on because scriptures will help you walk on the water. Uh, But your doubts and fears and Uh, thoughts of man will actually cause you to sink. So we want to find scriptures uh, that cover every case that we have so that we can, uh, you know, walk on the water and not sink when the storms come, when everything is like coming and caving in. The same thing would be true of healing or a condition in your body or a condition in my body. Um, You know, oh, I got a sniffle. You you sneeze, oh, I'm saying, you know, and so what's happening when that's, when that's going on? I know Brother Higgins one time, he said, you know, I went three days and I had some, I don't remember what it was, but some sickness coming against him. And, you know, he would just go about his day and it wasn't some big deal. He wouldn't kind of notice in it. Then at night he'd think about it. He said, I don't know why I didn't address it right away. He's like, but sometimes when we wait and don't address it immediately, uh, it, it gets uh, more challenging to overcome. You can still overcome it. Um, there's no temptation, nothing that's going to come against you that God hasn't given you faith to overcome. But, uh, you know, we learn from the Word of God, resist the devil at his very onset. The second that you notice, like, this is going on. Well, for me, I can say, like, uh, I don't always resist the devil at his very onset. And most of the reason that I don't is... Uh, almost like you would say uh, with Brother Hagin saying that you, you kind of you might notice like oh this hurts or something like that and then you get but it's not like serious like it's not stopping you you're not vomiting all over the floor or something um, so you start to go about your business and you forget like oh oh yeah there's something going on there I didn't even I haven't prayed I haven't commanded it to go I haven't done anything about it and then it starts to grow so like uh, for me I, I try to stay uh, aware of what's happening. You know, really, in my spirit uh, we 're going to do a series i don 't know if we 'll start at middle of this month or, or beginning of next month, but we 're going to do a series on how you can be led by the Spirit of God, and we may dovetail in like developing the human spirit, but as you uh, remain sensitive in your spirit to the Holy Ghost and the voice of the Lord, you know he 'll point things out to you like oh did you did you check this? did you do this? you know uh, you need to address this, you need to address that but um, Our American society a lot of times steals the blessing of God from us because we get so busy that we don't take time to hear from God and to listen to God and to um, remain sensitive and respond to what the Spirit of God is saying. Because um, the Spirit of God, if you're born again, is on the inside of you. Uh, He's in your body, but He's actually in your spirit because uh, we are three-part beings we are a spirit, a spirit person. Uh, we have a soul, and we live in a body. So uh, what you see is just the house that I live in. Some people have dubbed it um, th- your earth suit. You know, you just see my earth suit. and um, so. But we, have a, we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And um, without the word of God... Our mind is not renewed. Our mind is not refreshed, right? So we're going to have natural thinking, thinking that we have just come by through the course of nature and general teaching and those type of things. But uh, James tells us, and and, uh, Romans also tells us, that we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So, And the word for transform is actually uh, the same word that we get the word metamorphosis from. So, like how a cocoon and a butterfly, caterpillar cocoon, butterfly, um, is all the same creature, but it's completely transformed, like completely different. So, the way that we become completely different in our mind, our thinking, somebody said, you're stinking thinking. The way that we transform our stinking thinking is with the Word of God. Yeah. So, we go to the Word of God. I like how T.L. Osborne says that you pour over the Scriptures. And as you pour over the scriptures, that life of God, uh, uh, what's the right word for that? The life of God is ignited and you realize and awaken. You know, like um, uh, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Uh, Today's English version, I think it is, um, says, faith is awakened by hearing the word of God. So like I said, our thinking really affects, really affects us. And if you don't think right, you're not going to act right. And the devil um, works in the mental realm. So he's going to bring thoughts to you and thoughts to me. And he's going to bring thoughts into the world. Like whole, like like, what do you call it? World system thoughts. Like, you know... You can choose if you're a man or you're a woman. Like, it's just a choice. And that's the most illogical thing I have ever heard of. Uh, And, you know, people, I hear Christians a lot of times say, like, I can't believe, you know, people believe this, people do this. You know, uh, the devil has blinded people. We can never forget, like, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. People did not come up with this on their own. Uh, People have been blinded. And so blinded to think that your natural physical body, the the parts of your body that the Lord has given you, like they're trying to say that no longer identifies who you are, which is like, you know, to us it's unthinkable, like that makes absolutely no sense. But you'll find like people that gravitate and grab hold of that type of thinking, uh, a lot of them are true believers, like not believers in Christ, but they like really believe in what they're saying. And um, some of them are not even people that, that um, feel like they are homosexual or lesbian like that. Like, they just, they say, well, I'm heterosexual, but, like, that's totally true. That's and so you know, like, something has gotten into their thinking and uh, to warp the truth. So the devil wants to warp the truth because the truth is each of us has the same Holy Spirit that Jesus himself had. The same Holy Spirit that anointed Jesus Christ for ministry is the same Holy Spirit that is in you and has anointed you, is in me and has anointed me, so that we could do the same works that Jesus did and even greater things. Why can we do greater things? Because Jesus went to the Father. So the disciples, back to the disciples, the disciples were with Jesus, every need was met, and now Jesus is saying like, uh, you know, hey... People are going to want to kill you, and I'm leaving. <laughs> so maybe they're thinking, well, you don't want to die because, you know, you know this is coming. Uh, so it's, it helps us, I think, to get the mindset that they had. Like, put, our, put yourself where they were at. And um, so, you know, I, I, can't, I can't compare, like, exactly, but, you know, a similar situation that Melody and I had was when Brother Hagan went to be with Jesus. It's like we're all like traveling on the road, and he had said some things, and like, oh, we're going to be doing this and this, and all of a sudden, he goes to heaven. And we're like, what? We had told the Lord. We said, listen, Lord, we would be happy to help Brother Hagin finish his course, his race on the earth. We want to stay till then. We thought it would be like 10 more years than what it was, right? <laughs> we're like, Lord. And um, so... Uh, but nonetheless, like being at Ramah at that time and on staff, and we were on his personal like traveling team. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, being punched in the head. All of a sudden you're like, whoa, you know, you're trying to like find your footing and like where, where am I going type of thing. And uh, I've often thought, you know, to, to a much greater extent, of course, but how the disciples must have felt. You know, Jesus is telling them all this stuff. I'm going to go away and, you know, because they're serving in his ministry, right? So we were serving in Dad Hagen's ministry. We knew, you know, what we were doing and we were happy to be trained and to learn and like, you know, ask questions like, what's going on, you know, and uh, pray together and pray for the team and do all these things. And then all of a sudden, whoo, goes to heaven. So the disciples must have felt the same way. I mean... um, Melody a little shorter than I did, but um, oh boy, it was almost three years that I had been traveling with Dad Hagen, two years full-time and then another like half a year, three quarters of a year in addition to that. So the disciples only had like three years of ministry with Jesus, right? And then he goes and Phew! and leaves and they're like, well, this was, this was kind of a good thing we had. You know, I mean, we had God himself in human flesh, <laughs> teaching us, training us, protecting us, providing for us. And now, and now he's saying he's going to leave. Like, and so then we cannot be as critical of Peter when Peter said, like, you know, no, Lord, it's not, that's not, we're not going to let that happen. We're not going to let that happen. And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. You don't even know what, you're, what spirit you're speaking of, right? So I've done that before. You said, you're like, you're trying to, like, protect and this and that and everything. You're like, oh, no, 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 we're not going to. But you don't. Stop to check on the inside. And, of course, he didn't have the Holy Spirit on the inside. Different story. So um, let's go down to verse 7. Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient or profitable for you that I go away. For if I don't go away, the comforter or the helper will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So comforter or helper there, you know, uh, is like an advocate, one that comes alongside to help. It says comforter, which I think... I really wish the King James guys had translated that to advocate because when you look up the Greek word, you can find that uh, there are uh, a couple parts of the definition that do mean comforter, but that's not the most common way that that word is used. Even you look at uh, 1 John 1, 9, and Jesus said, we ha- if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So here we have the Holy Spirit. Um, Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away, because if I don't go away, this advocate, this helper, this comforter will not come. So, you know, um, it's great that, that uh, the Holy Spirit is all of those things to us, because you think like somebody that you were close with, that you were learning from, that this was the height of your life, you are with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, you're going here and going there and seeing this and seeing that and learning this and learning that, and then he leaves, man, you're going to actually probably be a little sorrowful. So the Holy Spirit's going to come in and bring comfort, but not only is going to bring comfort, he's going to bring help. And not only that, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, listen, listen, you only have like this finite amount of memory. I don't know. I'm not a brain study person. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Caroline Leaf, you can read after her. She's got amazing teachings. Anyhow, you have only got this finite amount of memory. But I know, and I have found this to be true, um, you know, uh, if you listen to uh, Brother Hagen very much, you found out that he like had a photographic memory, people would call it. But he didn't have that before he was born again. He actually was like failing in school, Ds and Fs. And one teacher passed him just because she felt bad for him. She didn't want to like not pass him. So she passed him. And um, long story short, when he got born again, uh, uh, you know, being born again is the development of your spirit. And so he, his mind became so alert by his spirit that he like aced his classes after that. And people would say like, well, you have photographic memory." remember? He said, well, I can't remember stuff when I'm not in the spirit. He said, but like, if you listen to me and you listen to him, he'd start to tell a story. You can go listen to something today, listen to him, and he'll, you'll hear him start to, you know, well, we were in a particular church, and, you know, such and such was happening. It was actually uh, Tuesday, January 2nd of 1961. Well, the reason, okay, I didn't personally ask him this question, but... Um, From listening to him and being with him and having him teach us, I I pretty much know this is the case. The reason he wouldn't say it like immediately was because until he told the story, he didn't have the date. And then the date would come up. The Holy Spirit would bring it back. Right? So he would say, and I heard him say, that, you know, I don't really have that good of a memory. I get that stuff in the spirit. Like I get in tune, he said, as soon as I start telling the story, then I remember the dates come right back. Boom, 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 boom. But if you pass me on the street and say, hey, Brother Hagin, when did that happen when so and so and such and such? He's like, uh, I'm not sure. But then he would activate the Holy Spirit. So, you know, he, didn't, he said, I never sat down and tried to memorize anything. And I have noticed when I hear the word of God spoken under the anointing, I don't even have to try to memorize those scriptures. They just are there, uh, you know, because they come up, because the Spirit of God will bring them up to you. So the disciples, you know, they're with Jesus. They're trying to be like, hey, 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 John, what did he say when he was, the other day when he was over there ministering, what did he say? What did he say? Do you remember what he said? Uh, Well, I think he said, I think he said, well, see, these guys actually, Luke especially, so detailed, wrote the Gospels. How did he write the Gospels? Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, because Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit has come, he will bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I've said to you. So already you find out that even though they were with Jesus for those three years, Jesus went away, the Holy Spirit came. When the Holy Spirit came, whoa, so much better. I actually remember stuff I didn't remember that I was part of, (laughs) because the Holy Spirit reminded me. (laughs) That's awesome to me. Uh, because words are so powerful. And if you can find out what Jesus said about something, if you can find out what God thinks about something, you can bring that right in the midst of a situation where there's darkness, where there's defeat, where it seems like there's no way this is possible, and you can walk on the water because the Holy Ghost will bring it back to you and he'll bring it back to me. And those words are spirit and they are life. And the word of God you know, in Hebrews, we learn that the word of God is uh, King James says quick, but it's sharp, powerful. Even it'll divide your soul and your spirit, just like joints and marrow, like to the to the innermost part of the core. You could say of who you are and who I am. So, a lot of times, you you know, this is probably better for the other uh, series, but. If you want to find out, is this God speaking to me? Is this the will of God? Is this what I'm supposed to do? Is this not what I'm supposed to do? And you're all all confused, and what should I do? You need to find the word of God in that situation. And let the Holy Spirit make that word alive to you. Uh, You know, another definition of the Holy Spirit is he's the spirit of reality. So he takes the things of Christ, and he makes them real to you and real to me. What does real mean? Well, real means like that's so real that I could touch it and I could actually sit down on this chair. It's real. It's like solid. So it's so real. So it makes it so real like you just got a new job and they said now you're going to make $150,000 a year. And you know this company. They're a reputable company. So you go out and you've been wanting to buy this house. But you needed to make like $100,000 a year in order to buy that house. So all of a sudden now... You're like calling your you know, mortgage company and calling your realtor and like, whoa, like, I got this now. And you haven't even got a check yet, but it's pretty real to you, right? So the Holy Spirit will make, uh, make the things of God, the things of Christ, real, like tangible, like touchable, like, okay, this is real. So as soon as the Holy Spirit takes those scriptures and makes them real to you, well, then it's the easiest thing in the world to act on them. Because you're not acting on something that's like just a thought or you're not acting on something that's just like an I hope so. This is a no. This is real. I can't actually explain why I know it's real, but I know it's real. Like when I die, I'm going to heaven and I'm going to spend eternity with God the Father and with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Actually, the Holy Spirit will come when he comes. He'll never leave you. The Bible tells us that that he may, Jesus said, uh, I've sent the Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you forever. So I know that, but I know it more than just even reading a book that tells me about it. I know it because I believe, and I have the witness of the Spirit on the inside. And I've been made a new person in Christ Jesus. And I have the love of God that's shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. Because I have that love, the Bible says we know we've passed from death to life because we love the brethren. Because I have a love that I didn't have before. This is not love like, oh, you make me feel really good or, oh, you look really good or you turn me on. It's not like a romantic love. This is a love that comes from God that I have for people that I wouldn't have if I didn't have him. Because I have him, I have this love that says, like, don't treat that person that way. You don't want to do that. The love of God constrains us. It, like, holds us back and say, no, you ought not to do that. You ought not to do that. And so this love causes me to love people that are unlovable because this is the same love that God is. This is the same love that God had when he saw you and he saw me messing up on our worst day. While we were still sinners, while we were apart from God, Christ died for you. He died for me. This is that love. So it's not a performance-based love. It's a love that is a decision. God decided, because he is love, I'm going to love. I don't care what it costs me, and it costs the life of his only son to love you and to love me. Stand with me if you would. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for the love that you've loved us with, a love that's out of this world, Father. Oh, thank you, Father, that we are loved with a love that's never-ending, that's everlasting, that goes to the depths of the awfulness and the sin that we were, a love that goes to the depths of the worst of the worst. Father, thank you for the love that you are and that you have given us. Father, we ask today, Father, search our hearts, Father, if there's any wicked way in us or anything that we need to give to you, Father, I pray that right now that you would um, prompt each and every one of us, Father, that we will just give it to you, so, so to speak, on your altar, in your presence, Father. I thank you, Father, that we can come into your presence full of faith, full of grace, and obtain mercy, Father, in our time of need. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit Thank you that when Jesus was here and taught such wonderful things and demonstrated your love and your life and your power, that he didn't just stop there and leave and say, hey, I'm out of here. But he went so that the Holy Spirit, your spirit, could come to live inside of us so we could be part of your family. That we could be your children, that we could be in your presence day after day, hour after hour, that we could walk and live a life not alone, but with you and with your Spirit. Father, I pray for the reality of the presence of your Spirit within us, the greater one within us, to become clearer and clearer and brighter and brighter in each and every one of our lives. And Father, I pray for each of us here, each of us listening, Father, I pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowing you, Father, that we may know you more today and tomorrow and this week and this month and this year than what we ever thought possible, Father. Oh, Father, that we may plumb the depths of revelation in you and in your word. Father, that you would open up to us. That people would even notice, that we would notice about ourselves, man, there's something like an atmosphere, a spirit of wisdom, a spirit of revelation from God. I'm seeing things I never saw. I'm knowing things I never knew. And Father, that we would not just be hearers and seers of revelation, Father, but you would help us to be doers. Father, that we can bring this truth, this peace, this light, this gospel into our world, And to those that you have called us to talk to, to influence, to be around, to lead, to guide. Oh, Father, we thank you that we don't have to do it alone. But your Holy Spirit, that he gives us words to speak, gives us things to say, gives us revelation, illumination, and light for our life. Father, I pray for each and every person that's here, those that they influence in their family, whether it's mother, father, sister, brother, children, niece, nephew, any relationship, family relationship, Father. I pray that you give each and every person wisdom, words to speak. Father, I pray that you'll help us all to be slow to speak and quick to hear, that we can speak for you, that we can be Christ in the situation that we come in contact with in the lives of those in our family and the lives of our coworkers and our friends. I pray that each and every person would fulfill all of your will for their life. Father, I thank you for equipping us, for giving us of your spirit, giving us of your anointing. Father, that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. That we're not going down as a church and we're not going down as the body of Christ, but we're going up and we're going over. That all the works of the enemy are under our feet because we are seated with your son, Jesus Christ, in heavenly places at your right hand. Father, we thank you. Thank you that you've seated us there. Help us to see from that perspective, think from that perspective, respond from that perspective. Oh, Father, we thank you for your everlasting love. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, I am here to tell you the devil wants to lie to you. The devil wants you to think that you're too evil, you're too bad, you've missed it too much. But Jesus Christ came, that you would have life and that you would have awesome, abundant, overflowing life. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or if you're listening online and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just raise your hand if you're online, email us at info at We would love to pray with you. In an instant of time, God will transform you, create a new being inside of you. You'll be a new creature in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit will come to live in you forever. Just slip up your hand if that's you. Send us an email. If you're here today and you're not filled with the Spirit of God, there is uh, something called salvation where we become new creatures, but there's also something that Jesus said, wait until you be filled or endued or you receive power from on high. It's called baptism in the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to be filled with the Spirit today and you're not, just slip up your hand or again send us an email, info at anchordc.org if you're online. We want to see you with all the power, all of the blessings of the Lord that he has for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for a great day in you, fellowshipping with you and your word. We thank you so much for your spirit. Father, we pray as we go today, first we declare that no accident will overtake us and no evil will befall us because we fear you and we trust in you. Father, I thank you for your mighty hand of protection upon each and every one of us here, each and every person listening. Father, we put our faith, we put our trust in you for everything that we have and everything that we are. And Father, we ask that you would, just as you said you would by your Spirit, remind us of the things that you said to us this morning remind us of the things that you've even spoken to our hearts in this past year that we've let slip that you want us to not uh, neglect but you want us to press in on father bring us remembrance that we can fulfill all that you've called us to do in every area of our life father we thank you that you are good and your mercy endures forever We thank you that Jesus is alive and he's at your right hand right now making intercession for us. We trust you and we trust him and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.